Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're so glad that you're here with us today. In the last two episodes, we've been talking about scripts and we're going to continue that today. So if you haven't already gone back and listened to them, go back and listen to that and then join us as we jump into today's episode. So now what we're going to talk about is identifying your own scripts. And what you identified there, Ruth, was when you were vacuuming in the whole pinata situation is that you started having this script running through your mind. You started identifying what my internal motivations were, why I wasn't having the kids hit the pinata yet. When we're identifying these scripts, I think a good idea to have in mind is that once you start kind of playing out or assuming the motivation of other people, or you start assuming, well, this is how this conversation is going to go, that's helping you to identify, oh, I'm starting to read from this script. And I think in that instance, you did a great job of saying, okay, I was reading from this script, but actually they may have a different script they're operating under. They may be coming from a different perspective. And so let me stop and let me investigate to see what's actually happening or going on here. But if you start getting really agitated or irritated, and the more you're thinking about it, the more you're working yourself up, before you actually have any real information to rely on, that's generally a good indication that you're already reading from a script. You just haven't said anything out loud yet. So another example that can help you identify if you're reading from a script or not was that situation we talked about earlier where when I was upset and I brought it to you and you responded well, I was reading from a script and then realizing I actually got what I wanted. Why do I want to continue going down this path? Oh, it's because I'm reading a script. I'm anticipating and expecting this next line. And so if somebody all of a sudden breaks character and they're going this different direction and then you're not pleased with it, even though it's a good outcome logically, then that's another good indication that you're reading from a script. Yeah, and so as you enter into different situations, you want to take a look at the picture as a whole, right? What is happening? In that scenario of the vacuuming, I had a lot on my plate, and I had to also take into account as I'm identifying my own script, what is on my plate? What does my mood look like? I was definitely tired. I was feeling a little overwhelmed with everything that was going on. And although there's a lot of good things for us this month, it's a lot of things. We have a lot going on in May. And they're all great things. They're so much fun. But it can, at times, cause me to feel overwhelmed. And so as you're trying to identify your script, you have to first be aware of what's happening inside of you and how is that affecting your perspective and how you're seeing it. And after you look at the bigger picture, you want to look at the other person and think about who is that other person in your script and what is their character? Who are they? Is it Tim's character to make me do everything? Is it Tim's character to see me overwhelmed and stressed out and busy and to not want to help at all? It's absolutely not. If I ask for help, in an instant, he's there to help me. And so when Caleb came back upstairs and told me that dad said no and he had to wait for me, I think there was a short period where I did think about the character and I thought, oh, he's probably waiting for me. But then I allowed my mood and the overwhelm to override that thought. And then I went along with the other script, the old script of, gosh, I have to do everything myself. And all the things that were influenced by my mood and my tiredness. 
And it caused me to ignore that piece of his character and who he is. And I think an important thing to really be aware of is that your feelings and your emotions, they really craft your reality. They don't craft what reality is, but they craft your reality. And so when that overwhelm and those negative feelings and the tired was crafting your reality, in those moments when you were thinking or feeling that, that is who I was to you, even though that's not who I was really being. Hmm. And so the danger of when you let your emotions craft your reality is that it's then going to inform your behaviors. And if you hadn't shaken yourself out of your reality and brought yourself more back into reality, you would have reacted to me in that negative way. And then you would have been more likely to get a negative response from me. Now, I may have tools and tricks up my sleeve to help myself move in a more positive direction. But again, human dynamics, if she would have caught me and I'm tired and exhausted from doing all the stuff from getting ready for the party, then she could have caught me in a weak moment where then maybe I wouldn't use my tools and then we might get into a negative interaction in that moment. But instead, you identified and you kind of wrenched yourself free of the reality that your emotions and your overwhelm were causing you to create. Right. And then if you responded negatively, that would have just confirmed the reality that I was experiencing in my mind. And I like that you point that out, that our reality and our feelings and emotions and mood kind of create that reality, our reality. But that doesn't necessarily mean that is reality. That's the reality that I'm experiencing and allowing myself to feel and experience at that moment. But that doesn't mean that's truth. And I think we really have to be careful of that, especially in our culture today. A lot of times we get so caught up in ourself and what we're experiencing. And we become so egocentric that we get lost that there's another person in this relationship with us. And we fight to make known what I'm experiencing rather than what together we're building as a couple. And so that idea that feelings aren't facts, just because I feel a certain way and I think that Tim is doing a certain thing, that doesn't make it true. And you have to be careful to not allow that to take yourself and your relationship down a certain path or a script that is unhealthy, even though it may be the script that you've been running off of. If it's unhealthy, let's look at ways to rewrite the script or change the script, even though at that point it may feel uncomfortable. So after looking at the overall picture and then thinking about the character of the other person, you also want to remember what is the end goal or the end picture that you have in mind for your relationship in general, but even on a more focused view for this specific conversation. What do I want to happen or how do I want this conversation to turn out? That will then help me to backtrack and think about how I want to approach the situation. Yeah, I think a lot of times people, they go into these conversations and they go in blind. They don't really think about the end result or they don't think about how is my partner likely to receive it. And because they go in blind, they end up oftentimes not having a very good outcome. And so if you have that end goal in mind and you think, okay, now if I take steps backwards all the way up until where you're at right now, then you think, okay, what's the first step then I have to take in order to get to that end goal? Then that really can assist you with getting there. But if you are just jumping into it and you're letting your emotions guide your decision-making, that's when you're normally going to get these unpleasant outcomes, and then that's going to reinforce this negative script that you keep using. Because another way to even think about it too is that every time you read through this script, you're practicing it. And the more you practice it, the better you get at it. Now, 
you may be getting better at the script, but you're not getting better at a good script. You're getting better at a bad script. And then you memorize it and you do it without even thinking anymore. And so it gets harder and harder to change the script because now you're just reacting without even thinking. And now you've created a habit and it's very hard to get away from that habit. A much easier thing is not to ever create a bad habit because in order to get away from a bad habit, you have to create and craft a new habit and then stick with that long enough where you kind of forget a little bit about that old bad habit. It's very, very difficult versus just starting off in a good healthy line and continuing that is much easier. And so after you've looked at the overall picture, you've thought about the other person's character, you've thought through what the end goal is of this relationship, then you're going to think about how do I rewrite the script and change the script? And then you're going to implement that. So one of the things to be aware of when we're working at changing these scripts, especially when you're working with your spouse, is that you want to communicate back and forth with them about things that didn't go well. And a lot of times this conversation can happen in what I like to call a post-mortem, where after you've had a conflict, you sit down and you explore and look at that conflict and you look for little tidbits of information or things you can learn and you discuss back and forth, what was the first thing that went wrong for me? What was the first thing that went wrong for you? And your goal is in trying to identify what was the first step that went wrong for each person is then to be able to identify what is now our first exit ramp. What's the first thing we could change in the way you said something or in the way that I said something in a way that would shift the whole dynamic of this conversation? And a lot of times when I'm talking about it with my clients, I talk about it as debriefing. Tim uses the term postmortem, meaning after the death of a conversation or after the end of a conversation. But I do truly think that debriefing in relationships, debriefing a conflict, is such a valuable tool that isn't used quite as much as it could be used. Because there is so much benefit from going back to this and talking about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think debriefing, it's this gold mine of information. But if you do a couple of shovels full and you don't find that gold right away and then you give up, you're missing out on all the potential opportunity there. Because the main goal of debriefing is we're going to sit here, we're going to do this postmortem on this conversation that didn't go well, and we are going to try to figure out what could we do differently so this conflict never happens again. Now, that's the end goal. We may not get there in the first couple forays, but that's what we're working towards. How can we make this issue a non-issue? And in episode 68, which is part two of the 10 tips to fostering healthy conflict, at the very end, we were talking about some of the reasons that people don't want to debrief or go back to the conflict and talk about how can we do it better is because they're so afraid that it'll cause conflict again. And that this conflict that we just kind of got over even though it wasn't fully resolved, or maybe it was resolved, but now it's the subject that they have to tiptoe around. And that's not healthy. That's not what you want in your relationship. Because the more areas that you have to tiptoe around, it's not a safe place for you anymore. And so even though a lot of people are afraid to bring up this conflict again, it is so healthy and helpful to come back to it and to talk about how could we have done things differently or to use it as an opportunity to apologize. Even though you've already apologized, it cannot hurt to apologize again. I can't tell you how many times I see couples in a session and all one person wants is for the other person to apologize. They never even said sorry for this. And the other person is like, I said sorry, 
but it was in the heat of the moment or the other person didn't hear it or they felt like it wasn't a genuine apology, whatever the case. So it's always beneficial to come back and apologize again. And I'm not saying groveling or in an insincere manner, but I'm talking about truly apologizing. And a good way to do this is that daily dialogue that we talked about, which we'll also link that in the show notes. If you haven't gone back to daily dialogue, that's one of our early episodes. And that's just a three-question template that you can do daily initially and maybe even weekly as you get everything out from under the rug. But that's a really good place to come back and debrief past conversations or past conflict. And I'm not talking past way in the past. I'm talking about conflicts that have just happened this week. When you're going through those three questions and talking about what was difficult in our relationship this week, that's a great place to say that was a hard conversation for me to have. And to talk about how could I have done that differently? Or if I needed to say that, how could I have said that in a different way? And so this idea of debriefing is really so important because it allows us to rewrite scripts for the future. The scripts that we've been playing out and the roles we've been playing time after time, it allows us just to get better in our relationship. So in the next episode, we're going to talk more about that. We're going to talk about how do we flip the script or rewrite the script to be more consistent with the bigger picture and the end goal that we have in mind and we desire for our relationship. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have a question or topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.